Uh, before I begin, um, I just want to just say thank you to Justin just for such a thoughtful prayer and the worship team. Uh, they prepared months for today. And so thank you for Willis, too, just for mentoring the team as well. Um, as you may have noticed, the title of the video and today's sermon in your bulletin, uh, the title is called A Journey Through Edge. Now, many of you may already know that Edge is the name for our youth ministry, and that's also an acronym for the Elam, Daniel, and Gideon Experience. Now, don't worry, today I won't be talking about youth ministry or about our rowdy teenagers or about our super cool and committed youth leaders and youth pastor um, that we have. But don't worry, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about youth ministry, even though that's a name. Um, today I want to talk about a common theme that is found throughout the stories of Elam, Daniel, and Gideon. And that common string, that theme, is trust. In more particular, trusting in God, no matter what. Before I begin, I'd just like to tell you a quick story. So one day was a father who took his uh, young son, a, a little boy, out to his backyard, and then he stood him on the railing of the back porch. He just stood him there. So his little boy is just kind of standing there, just balancing on the railing, trying not to fall, and it's pretty high up. So the father walks up behind the son, and then tells his son, son, I want you to fall backwards, and I will catch you. Okay? I want you to trust me and just fall backwards. And the little boy is seeing how high he is. He's up on the railing. He's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm too scared to just fall. And then the dad goes again, no, 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 trust me. I'll catch you no matter what. So then the son still goes, no, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to. And then the, son, uh, the father, after a while, trying to convince uh, the son to, to, that he will catch him, the son finally agrees to fall backwards. So the son prepares to fall. Now he closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, and then he gathers up all his courage, and he finally begins to fall backwards. And as the son begins to fall, the father quickly takes a step back and watches the son fall straight to the ground. With a big thud, boom. And then the boy starts crying because he's hurt. And then that's when the father bent over, lifted up his son, dusted off all the dust off him, dried his tears, and told him sternly, that son, may this be a lesson that you will never forget. Don't ever trust anyone. <laughs> uh, I'm, one thing for sure is that the son would never trust the father again. <laughs> and for all the dads out there, this is not a good way to teach your children. But it's without a doubt that throughout life, we will encounter hardships. We will encounter challenges, difficulties, problems, and suffering in our lives. It's without a doubt that we will go through that period. And sometimes even these things can cause us to stop trusting in people and perhaps even in God as well. I mean, why is it that God often seems to be the most distant when we are going through the most difficult times in our lives? Why does our trust in God begin to erode away when, when, the, when we go through difficult times and the challenging times? The story of the Israelites as they travel through Elam and to Mount Sinai, captures these questions and these issues beautifully. So let me begin today's journey with the story of Elam. So to give you a quick background, um, after Moses freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, they journeyed into a place, into a desert, the desert of Shur. For three days they walked in the scorching desert, 
without any water. Three days in the desert without any water at all. So you can imagine the anxiety and the fear of the Israelites began building hour by the hour as they walked deeper and deeper into the desert. And they became more and more dehydrated and thirsty. So finally, after three days of traveling in the desert and becoming really, really thirsty, they finally came to a place called Marah that had water. So you can imagine all their hopes coming up and, and the hopes of quenching the thirst and how excited and happy they are to see the water. And when they finally get to water and they drink it, they find out that it's not drinkable. They find out that it's bitter. And the Bible tells us that the Israelites just couldn't take it anymore and they start to grumble and complain. It's because of this grumbling complaint that we know that they stopped trusting in God. So let me pause here for a second. Within the short span of three days, did the Israelites already forget about all that God has just done for them and provided for them? Do they not remember the powerful plagues that God has sent to the Egyptians so that they can be freed? Do you not remember how God has split the Red Sea so that they can escape safely from Pharaoh's army? And here they are complaining already, just three days after all this has happened. Now, to an extent, I believe that this is really difficult for anyone to forget about what God has done for them. I mean, how could they? How could they forget about the experience of walking through a Red Sea, the Red Sea that's parted? I mean, like waters on both sides. How can they forget that? How can they remember? How can they forget about how how God turned water into blood and all the plagues that they sent to Egypt. This is not something you see every day. So I think the problem here is not that they, for, that they have forgotten. The problem here is that they have let their immediate and pressing hardships and challenges overshadow what God has done for them before. Let me say that one more time. They let their immediate problems overshadow what God has done for them before. They have let their current problems push aside their confidence in God. So when hardships come our way, how natural is it for us to start focusing our attention on the problem itself instead of God? How natural is it for us to use our own human wisdom and knowledge and power to fix it instead of relying on God's wisdom and his power? So despite the grumblings and complaints of the Israelites, God still provided and took care of them. He asked Moses to throw into the water a piece of wood, and God turned the bitter water into sweet water, into drinkable water, into good water. And God then reassured the Israelites in Exodus 15.26 by saying, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. Our God is the God who heals and has the power to heal and save you. So after this, they arrived at a place called Elam. It's a, it's a place that the Bible describes with that has um, 70 palm trees and, and lots of water. And many people often think of Elam, especially those who are Elam Fellowship, they, we think of it as a place of rest and restoration. And to a certain extent, this is true. But however, I like to look at Elam more as a place of preparation instead of restoration. Let me explain why. You see, God used Elam as a launching point to an even more difficult journey ahead. The journey from the Red Sea, after they crossed it, 
to Elam took only about three days. But their next destination, as we see in the Bible later on, is Mount Sinai, which ended up becoming a three-month-long journey, a 90-day journey. So you can see, three days and 90 days, how much longer and how much more difficult this journey is. But before that long and difficult journey, God provided them Elam. So you see, Elam isn't so much a place of rest. It's more of a safe haven that allowed the Israelites to prepare for this tough journey ahead. And I think this is a good reminder for us, for all of us, that we need a place like this as well. A safe haven where we could call, where we could come together and to prepare for our journey in life as well. For our difficult journey. Maybe this is fellowships or small groups or a close group of Christian friends. I don't know, but do we have this in our lives as well? So God provided for Israelites in ways that they could not even see. He provided for them even when they have stopped trusting in him. Next story I want to talk about is Daniel. And Daniel is also a great example of someone who trusted in God despite the circumstances. Now quick, once again, just a background about Daniel. Daniel was a Jew. He was deported as a teenager to Babylon, which was a foreign nation that was ruling the Israelites at around the year 605 BC. Now the Bible describes Daniel as not only a really smart guy, he was also really handsome, and he didn't have any physical defects at all. Now I'm not too sure what physical defects mean. Maybe it doesn't mean no sits or no moles. I don't know what it is. But, or maybe he just looks really, really good. I mean, he was the complete package. And so because of his skills, Daniel was selected to serve in the palace beside the king. And he did so with such distinction that he quickly climbed the ranks of the officials and then he uh, became, soon became the right-hand man of the king. So years have passed. By the time Daniel was 80 years old, around 80 years old, um, some, official je- uh, some jealous officials tried to have Daniel removed and perhaps even killed because he was getting too powerful. He was second to the king. But here's the problem. As they were scheming to find a way to kill Daniel, to remove him from power, they couldn't find any corruption or any problems or any faults with him. The only problem they can find with Daniel is that it has to be something related to his faithfulness and his obedience to God. I mean, wow, imagine if someone described you like that. I mean, can you imagine, for example, you know, the only thing that is wrong with Pastor Cindy is that she loves God too much. The only thing wrong with little Bobby is that he obeys God's commandments all too well. What an honor it is to be called that, to be described like that. So here the officials finally found a way to trick the king into issuing a law that said whoever prays to any god or human being in the next 30 days, except to the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Now the next part of the story is what amazes me. The Bible tells us that when Daniel learned about this new law, he went back home and he prayed three times a day on his knees just as he had done before. And that short sentence, just as he had done before, shows us many things about Daniel's character and his trust in God. And on top of this, the Bible tells us that Daniel didn't just pray secretly in his room with doors closed and the blinds shut. He prayed openly and exposed in front of the windows which opened towards the city of Jerusalem 
leaving him exposed and open to many people seeing him pray. So what this means is that Daniel remained faithful to God despite what is happening around him. He didn't let his surroundings, in this case the new law and the government, dictate his faith and his trust in God. Daniel stood with courage against the flow of the world, and he remained firmly rooted in God. Let me give you a real-life example to further illustrate this point. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Angel and I went on vacation, and we went to uh, Mexico for the first time. And it's gorgeous here. It's beautiful, clear blue uh, oceans and, and beautiful white sand. And one day, we were just hanging out at the beach, and we decided to play in the waves, in the water. I mean, how romantic that is. Um, <laughs> So we, 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 we walked in together into the waves, into the water, and we were having lots of fun, and then just letting the waves crash all around us. And after a while, uh, I looked around, and I realized that Angel was gone. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh. I'm like, uh, like where did Angel go? <laughs> My wife. I'm like, where did she go? So I started looking around, and I don't see her deeper into the ocean, which is good. And so I looked back behind me towards where the beach is, I saw that she was very close to the beach. She was, in the, she was just like close to the shore. Um, so I was like, oh, what happened? Why is she all the way back there? Um, so then I made my way back to her, and then I asked her, I mean, what happened? Where did you go? Why did you come back to the shore? And then she described to me that um, the waves were so powerful that every time a wave came towards her, um, she was sent back several, back, uh, several steps back. And she would take one step forward, and she would get pushed back a couple more steps. And eventually, after a couple minutes, she was all the way back to the shore. And I guess because I'm bigger, I was still up there. I was able to stand against the waves. Um, now, this is just an example, an illustration of just, isn't this story just a great example of how life in this world would be like if our faith is not firmly rooted in God? I mean, we're constantly bombarded by waves after waves of temptation and evils in the world. We're, we're bombarded by waves of hardships and suffering. And we could easily let all these things sweep us away farther and farther away from God. So in the midst of hardships, we need to remember one thing. We need to remember to hold on to God tighter. And to stand in his unwavering presence, in his power and his strength, just like Daniel did. The last part of the journey today is the story of Gideon. Gideon is another great example of someone trusting in God no matter the circumstances. Gideon was an ordinary person, as the Bible described him, who lived in a very challenging time. Gideon was a farmer. He was described as the weakest in his clan and that he was also the least in his family. So in the world's eyes, he was someone that was not important at all, not powerful at all, and not of importance. But despite all of these weaknesses in the world's eyes, God still chose Gideon and used him to free the Israelites from the oppression of the Midianites. So while preparing for the big battle against the Midianites, God told Gideon that his army is too big. And that if they won, the army, the Israelites, would boast in themselves and not realize that it was God who gave them the victory. So God told Gideon to send any soldiers who are afraid, who are scared, to go home. 22,000 soldiers left, and only 10,000 remained. Now, it will be important to note here that the Midianites' army is around 135,000. 
which is more than 10 times the Gideon's army now. But God still said that there are too many men still. So God told Gideon to bring the rest of the men down to the water so they can drink and to separate those who lap the water with their hands and their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. And God ended up choosing only 300 of the men who lapped the water with their hands to their mouths. Now, we don't know exactly why God chose this particular group of people, these 300 men who brought water to their mouth and, and lapped it like that. But some scholars do believe that is because these men, the ones who brought water up, are the ones who are more cautious and more watchful over the, for the enemy than those who knelt down. But regardless of that, Gideon's army is now 300 against Midianite's enormous army of 135,000 people. Now, I mean, at this point, I can only imagine how, what's going through Gideon's mind. I mean, it's almost like a suicide mission. 300 against 135,000. It's a suicide mission. I mean, how can something so tiny, so small, take on something so big and powerful? But we find out at the end that with the help of God, Gideon's tiny army defeated the Midianites. And through this, we can see that Gideon was willing to trust in God despite the size of the challenge. Gideon trusted in God despite the size of the challenge. So no matter how impossible the challenge or the problem may be and that we face, God, we need to remember that God is still more powerful and bigger than anything this world can ever throw at us. So from the story of Elam today, we are reminded that God is a God who heals and he's a God who provides and cares for his people even when they're grumbling and worried. From the story of Daniel, we're reminded that no matter what goes on around us, we need to trust and remain firmly rooted in God. And last of all, from the story of Gideon, we are reminded that we need to trust in God no matter the size of the problem and the challenge. The past couple of weeks have been particularly difficult for me and many others. This past week, I attended two funerals. One of them was our beloved brother, Eddie's. And the other one is of a young man called Samael, who many of us got to know through SYC, our youth camp. And he was one of the two young adults who got swept away in the river just last week. And on top of this, as you may know already, our church is going through a difficult time, a challenging time. And many people are hurting to see the church go through this. And at times we may even feel that we just don't know what to do anymore. We may feel that we just don't know what's going to happen to the future. And we may just feel overwhelmed and lost. But as I was reading about Gideon this week, I came across a verse, and it really spoke out. In Judges 6.15, Gideon was asking God at the very beginning when God first chose Gideon. Gideon was just kind of complaining to God and telling God, God, how can I help Israel when I'm so weak and when I'm the least of the family? In the midst of Gideon's problems and his worries and his concerns and uncertainty, God simply answered, I will be with you. I will be with you. So let us know that and remember that God will be with you no matter what the circumstance. 
as you fight through the darkest times of your life or work through the biggest challenges, know that God will be with you. As you battle sickness and disease, God will be with you. As you try to piece your heart back together after it's been broken, know that God will be with you. As we go through difficult times as a church, we too should remember that God will be with us. So let us learn to trust in God and don't be afraid of what is to come. Because it says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Let us learn to trust in God no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance. May the stories of Elam, Daniel, and Gideon remind us of this today. Let's invite the worship team to come. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, it is without a doubt that all of us here will face, or if not already face, or are right now facing trouble times, difficulties, hardships, suffering. So God, right now we just come to you on our knees and we just really ask you to help us to learn to trust in you. Despite the grumblings that we hear around us, despite the worries, despite our concerns, despite the problems in our lives, God, may you just teach us and remind us how you will always be with us, no matter what. Lord, it's so easy for us during these times for us to learn to just to rely on our own power, on our own strengths, on our own wisdom, on our own knowledge to try to fix these problems. But Lord, we know that we're only human and how, how much we cannot do without your help. So God, right now, we just come to you and we lift up to you any of our hardships and our challenges and our problems and that we trust in you. We trust in you that you will see us through this time. And that you will give us the strength and the courage to face all the waves that constantly hit us. Help us to stand strong and firmly rooted in our faith. Not to unwaver in these times of storms. So God, we love you so much. We ask that you will speak into our lives today, into this church to our lives at home, at work, wherever it is. God, may you teach us and help us to just learn to trust in you 